Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Michael Woodward, and Michael can be found at jumblethink.com. Michael is the founder and CEO of JumbleThink, which is a podcast. He's a podcaster like me, so he's adding value to the world. And this podcast, he tells the stories of dreamers, makers, innovators, and influencers, because we all have stories. So prior to starting JumbleThink, Michael founded Woodward Design Group. He and his team built over 400 websites and web applications for clients, including small businesses, international nonprofits, startups, and Fortune 100 companies. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur, Michael was the worship and youth pastor for an inner city church. So Michael, thank you for joining us today on Broken Catholic. Welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah. So uh, married, two young girls, uh, daughters, five and almost two, live in central Pennsylvania on a massive farm uh, in a house that is way too old. And uh, <laughs> uh, old, old 1800s farmhouse, cool house. Uh, I got into entrepreneurship because a church couldn't pay me. And uh, so I volunteered there after working there for eight years. And uh, entered the world of entrepreneurship and dreaming and trying to take God into the workplace. So it's been a fun mm. journey. Amen to that. So go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Very personal about me. Um, uh, well, not many people know this. Uh, I cut my brother's finger off when I was a kid. <laughs> Dude. I don't know okay. if that's an appropriate story, but hey, there you go. <laughs> you know, I just want to leave that as a cliffhanger right now just to mess with my listener. It'd be like, well, what happened? How did that happen? Yeah. You know what? Let's just leave it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have fun. Maybe at the end of the show. Maybe. You know, BC Nation, make sure you listen to the entire 30 minutes of the show to get that story. Yeah. All right. Here's why I invited Michael onto this show, because Michael is not only a fellow podcaster who I like, we're friends. We met at a uh, podcasting conference about six or seven months ago. We're going to see each other again here in my backyard in Tampa, Florida in the next month. So I'm happy about that. But Michael really shows up with who he is. He's showing up authentically, unapologetically about his faith. 
right? That he's a believer in Jesus Christ, that he's a Christian and that he doesn't have to leave God at the door of his business. Right. And we're all tempted to do that because society is telling us separation of church and state. I call it separation of church and business. And it, I don't think that needs to be. I think it's a lie because when you don't bring God into your business, you don't bring your faith into your business. You don't bring your beliefs into your business. You're showing up split down the middle inauthentic, wearing a mask, and no one gets to really see who you are. That includes your clients, and they don't know what's wrong. They just know something's off in you. And I bet you, you're losing business because of it. So start bringing God back into your business. So Michael, thanks for being on the show. Let's get into big, broad question, and then we'll go into your story about what God's been doing in your life. But the big, broad question, why do you think the world isn't working right now? I think people, uh, there's multiple levels to that complex question, but I think at the very basic level is that people are running and hiding from whether it's issues, whether it's uh, God, whether it's uh, situations that cause them fear or suffering. Instead of addressing things, people are pushing it off and blaming somebody else. They're not looking internal. They're not looking at themselves. They're not taking stock of what's going on and saying, hey, maybe I need to be responsible for this. Maybe I need to be the answer. And uh, I think for me, one of the greatest lessons I've learned through my podcast uh, is that I talk to people of all kinds of background, atheist to believer. And uh, it it, it shocks me how many times uh, questions of faith appear in the conversation of atheists where they'll say something like, I feel like I'm doing what I'm created to do. Or if I quiet myself, I hear a small voice. And part of that running, part of that hiding, part of that not dealing with yourself is not looking to really discover who you're created to be. And so many people are selling out to a message of this is who I should be because this is keeping up with the Joneses or having the right house or having the right car or having the right job. And they're not really finding their created purpose. And if we were all to live in a place where we were connecting to the creator and really walking in our created purpose, I think we'd see a, a pretty radical shift in, in our country and around the world. Wow. One of the best answers I've received on this show. That was <laughs> yeah, really good, really thoughtful. And I get that. It's like, we do not want to face the thing that scares us. Yeah. And you know what? Going in, inward, looking on the inside of your life, BC Nation, looking on the inside of your heart, it scares you. Why? Because there's a lot of wounds there. There's a lot of childhood trauma. There's a lot of hurts and broken past and people that have hurt you and people you've hurt. And honestly, it's scary to go in there and, and to look at that. Yeah. But unless you do like Michael's saying, you cannot get the very thing you're craving, which is to be loved and to have inner peace. Right. These are, this is what we're all searching for, but we're searching for God in all the wrong places. Right, Michael? Let me ask you this question. How often do you hear when you talk to someone something like, ah, just, I, I feel like I, I was created for something more or like, I just feel like something's missing. I just feel like, like not everything's in place. I, I hate this, whether it's a job or a relationship. And, and there's a, a, like this question of alignment of like, they're out of alignment to something. What is that something? Well, it's uh, in both of our opinion, I'm sure it's, it's connection with Christ, it's connection with God, it's connection with the Holy Spirit in that journey of uh, restoration and, and really reformatting our heart and our mind uh, as we approach life. Because if you approach uh, life from an authentic place of faith, 
it changes that presupposition of how you operate in the world, how you perceive the world around you, how you treat others, how you process how you run your business or how you uh, communicate with your friends or family. And it changes the responsibility of how you interact and face this world. Mm, I love it. I was saying today on my, uh, in my quiet time on the Facebook Live I do, Daily Holy Hour, I was saying this morning is when you get your heart right, you get your life right. Yeah. Right? And that means letting God into your heart, right? Because we're all running from him. We're running from the fact that there is a creator of the universe and that we are loved by him. Yeah. And, and, and you may say, ask yourself, well, why would I run from that, Joseph? Because in order to accept that truth, you now have to accept his laws yeah. and, and his guidelines for living a life that is pleasing, not only to him, but will actually bring joy to you. Yeah. And that means you'll have to change some of your current behavior. Right. And there's the rub. Yeah. That's what we don't want to do. That's the fear. I don't want to look inward because then I got to change stuff, Joseph. I got to change stuff, Michael. I don't want to change even yeah. though I am comfortable in my discomfort. I am comfortable in my suffering. Yes, I'm suffering, but I don't want to change it. Like, it's so ridiculous yeah. how the mind just lies to us. So, Michael, let's talk about your story, yeah. your faith journey. Yeah. Take us back. What faith denomination did you start out with uh, uh, in your life? Yeah. So, I grew up in the Brethren in Christ denomination. and uh, The what? I've never Brethren heard of that. Brethren in Christ. Yeah. Brethren or bre Brethren? Brethren. Brethren. In Christ. Yeah. Got it. Never heard and of that. It stems from the River Baptist and the Mennonites. Uh, so here in central Pennsylvania, it's a big denom. Well, it's not big, but there's a lot of churches here. Uh, and uh, so it, it has those uh, different markers of pacifism and really taking care of one another and loving your community, loving your pe the people around you in that community and, uh, and, and responsibility to that community. And so... Um, so it, it has the best of a lot of, of faith traditions mixed into it um, mm -hmm. because it has the River Baptist and the Mennonite streams, uh, that Wesleyan Arminianism background. So not to get too theologically uh, dug in, but, you know, those streams of Wesleyan Arminianism. Listen, there's only 30,000 different denominations and growing, right? Like. Right. So yeah, it's a different smoothie of a blend, right? You throw in the blender. I like a little of this, a little of this, a little of this, and, and we have a new church, right? Yeah, yeah. So I really get that. Okay, so what was uh, life like? You, you were raised with brethren in Christ, yeah. um, faith denomination, and then what happened next? How long did you stay with that? Did you stay with it all through your young adult years? What did that look like? Yeah, so that tradition that that specific denomination goes back to like the 1700s so it's not a new tradition by any measure it's not like a lot of the non-denominational and uh, charismatic movement churches although i've been a part of that too uh throughout my journey and uh so i grew up in this denomination that was it's pretty conservative um overall although that's shifted quite a bit from the standpoint of um you know, contemporary worships incorporated. It used to be, you know, the old hymnal and organ uh, when I was really, really young, but then it became very contemporary pretty rapidly when it came to that kind of expression. Um, and, and it's just a solid faith. It's, uh, it's a very biblical based faith. And so that's how I got All right. So I want to take the conversation away from the faith. I want to talk about what God was doing in your heart at that yeah. time as a young man, right? Yeah. So, so what I, was missing in that faith tradition that God was working in you or 
or what was there? Yeah. Speak about that. Yeah. So when I uh, first became a believer, I was very, very young. So I uh, grew up around the church, grew up, encountered Christ and that's the story of Christ and embraced that very young. And when I reached my teen years, I did what most teens did, uh, not rebelled or anything like that, but just uh, became very, I'd rather be accepted. I'd rather fit in. I wasn't doing anything stupid. I wasn't smoking or drinking or anything like that. Uh, but it just changed uh, what faith meant to me. Uh, I wasn't vocal about my faith because it wasn't a cornerstone. It was something that was a part of me, but wasn't, uh, you know, a centralized hub. Mm. And when I hit around 16, I remember a series of events happening. Um, I, uh, our, our pastor that, at the church I grew up at, he uh, kind of got forced out of the church uh, in a weird situation. And so that was pretty devastating because he was a good friend of our family. And so we ended up going to the sister church of that church. And they were going through really a great uh, refreshing or renewing of faith in their church. And so they were really going deep and they were doing some co really cool conferences. Uh, they were doing um, um, a lot of more supernatural like faith kind of things not necessarily like big healing or anything like that but really getting involved with like what does it mean to listen to god what does it mean to hear god's voice what does it mean to go through inner healing what does it mean to do those things so and what so was that like for you on the inside did you resonated yeah. with this type of messaging what was showing up for you then well i think in and this is you know for me the the pivot where faith became more real because the youth pastor, a guy named Blaine Kimball, uh, he, was, he was challenging us to like, take time to seek God, take time to hear his voice. And, and so being at that 16-year-old age and being like, hey, you know, school and friends and hanging out and what that looks like to a place where it's like, maybe, you know, I can get up a little earlier and seek God in the morning, read his mm. word, listen to his voice, journal. What is God saying to me? What does this look? And that's when faith became, I think, really alive for me. It went from a faith based of, of knowledge to a faith base of experiencing God. And mm. so by shifting that church and shifting the experience, uh, while it was in the same movement, it, it, it challenged me to be awakened on the inside to make it a living faith and not just an intellectual faith. Got it. That's brilliant, right? And I think so many of us as believers, we don't make that transition. Right. And it, it's simply up to us. Right. It's, it's literally taking the time to go seek God earnestly. That yeah. means actually giving him time yeah. in your 24 hours of the day. Yeah. How much time are you giving to God? And if yeah. you say, well, Joseph, I pray for 10 minutes a day, or I pray five minutes here, five minutes here. Collectively, I pray a good hour or two every day. And my question to you is, yeah, but is it fragmented? Yeah. Or do you actually sit down and create intimacy with the one that you love. Yeah. Right. Which looks like maybe an hour a day. Yeah. Because when you fragment it, like imagine you and I doing this podcast and trying to really connect and have real connection. If we kept pausing um, every five minutes and then regrouping, <laughs> jumping back on the call an hour or two later from now. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's, uh, there's a book by a guy named Andrew Murray. It goes back years and years. He's a, a pretty well-known guy from, I think, the 1800s, and he wrote a book called The Pastor in Prayer. And I think it directly corresponds to where we are as a culture in our faith in that 
it's like, hey, we're looking for better systems. We're looking for better programs. We're mm -hmm. looking for all this stuff in our church. But what God's looking for is mighty men of prayer who seek him, who seek his ways, to, who seek a higher path of, of, of communication when it comes to what we do and how we present it to the world. And that for me is like, I'm looking back and here's a guy in the 1800s coming out of the Great Awakening uh, saying like, hey, no. Maybe we need to rethink this. And I think it comes back to what you're saying. And, and that really challenged me in my faith, that little text there at the beginning of the book, just to be like, okay, it's really cool to have the big worship. It's really cool to have the great children's program. But if we're not seeing the people in front of us and we're not spending time with God, then we're really not engaging with faith in a way that's, that's the way that God intended. Mm. That shows up for me very personally because uh, I co-founded this men's group uh, at my church, right? And we had 200 businessmen showing up at 6 a.m. every Tuesday morning. And it was brilliant. It was like, wow, the Holy Spirit, boom, just putting on their hearts to show up that time. And these are all family men. So they're sacrificing something to be there. Yeah. And instead of, well, I shouldn't say instead of, what we gave them was a program. Okay, yeah. here's a program um, to really kind of entertain your mind about theology and talking about God, about God, about God, about God. And it's just more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. And I eventually got frustrated and my humanity came out and God was shifting stuff in me about come sp spend time with me and seek me earnestly, right? And spend an hour a day in silence. Yeah. Like Joseph, shut up so that I can speak to your heart yeah. and give you the answers you keep asking for. Yeah. But you never will get quiet, Joseph, so yeah. you can't hear my quiet whisper, yeah. right? So I went to the men's group, right? And I was one of the founders and I said, here's what I'm thinking. Let's set the intention, the vision, 10 men spend an hour a day with God for the next 40 days in yeah. silence. Yeah. Like we'll call it the 40 day holy hour challenge. Yeah. And 10 men and whoever wants to can volunteer to do this. And let's just see what God does in their hearts. Because when God transforms one man, he transforms them all, right? Every yeah. man around him. So, dude, do you know they shot that down? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and that's really sad because what's happening there is people want to go to a simple solution. Yes. And a simple solution says, hey, if we put a good program together, Everyone can do it. It's going to be easy and they don't have to process. But here's the problem with intimacy. Intimacy is individual. It looks mm -hmm. different for each person. I remember back when I first started pastoring in Northern California, uh, we had these morning prayer gatherings where we got together and I felt like God was leading me one day to just walk around the, the, the place we were serving, the, the, the community, instead of being in the room. And I remember the senior pastor coming to me, who I love dearly, and saying, no, that's not how we do it. You don't get to go outside and pray as you walk through the town about hearing God about impacting this city. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense. You know, I, I, what you're questioning is my ability to hear God lead me in a direction. And that's the problem with systems is it says, if you don't fit this mold, if you don't do it mm. this way, then it's not the right way. But intimacy says that you have to inherently know the heart of God. You have to know the heart of yourself and who you're created to be and be able to step into that and interact with that intimacy. The problem is, is intimacy is scary, especially because it's not controllable, because it's unique and authentic to the individual, and it goes against systems that make it universal. And, mm. and that's a problem the church is facing right now in America. 
I agree completely, right? And as men, and I'll speak to all our male listeners out there, the number one thing we struggle with as men is vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. Is, is opening our heart and feeling love yeah. and giving love. It's yeah. the number one thing we struggle with. For women, it's a sense of, of worth and powerfulness. Yeah. right? They all lack confidence. It's just like the common female attribute, right? Yeah. So for women, it's, they struggle with power. And then for men, they struggle with vulnerability. Yeah. And in order to be close and build intimacy with God and experience his love, you need to be vulnerable. Right. You need to let go of control and say, God, you take over my life. Yeah. And I keep saying this often to uh, some of the men that I coach uh, some of my clients is like, listen, you need to just let go <laughs> and let God just take over. And it looks like surrender. And in our culture, surrender is a very bad word Yeah. because yeah. it normally is applied to battle, Yeah. right? And war and whoever surrenders is a loser, Yeah. right? Yeah. There's something wrong with them. They lost everything and now they're going to be a slave and, and submitted and whatever. And there's this whole, you know, death yeah. equals death, right? Yeah. Surrender equals death. And in a way, they're right, because surrender equals death to your ego. Yeah. When you surrender God, you're dying to your ego. And, it's a dependency. And you have it's a depend. dependency, right? Yes. Because as men, we don't want to be sons of God. Yeah. We want to be equal, yeah. right? And this is the lie of the enemy. So let's, let's wrap this all up. I, I like you. Yeah. Michael, give us your top three tips or strategies for the believer who is stuck in their head when it comes to their relationship with God, they have a whole lot of theology about who God is, but they've never experienced him in a real and tangible way in their heart, as real as you and I have in this conversation. And they want it. They're yeah. craving that. We all want that. Yeah. So what are your top three tips or strategies for them, for them to go from their head on the longest journey of their life to their heart? Number one, be intentional. Uh, if you don't have intention, you don't have directions to move forward. And, and that's the problem. So often we have uh, good ideas, good concepts of what we want to do, but we don't have the intention to make it a habit. And so you've done it with uh, your, your morning uh, live stream that you do. That's a habit that facilitates intimacy. So make it intentional. So that's step number one, two. Step number two is get in relationship with others. Get a, be accountable. And so often we feel like we have to do this journey alone. And if you've never been to a place, then you don't know how to get there. And the best way to know how to get there is very simple. Be in relationship with others that have been there that can help you on the journey. So get into a relationship, be accountable, uh, uh, challenge each other, push each other, call each other out. And it sounds weird that, hey, you need others to help lead you to God, but that's very biblical that community is a part of the faith journey to draw you deeper into intimacy with God. That's why he created woman. That's why uh, you know, he looked at man and said, this isn't good enough. I've got to do more because he knew that that relationship was significant. So that's step number two. Step number three, simply just be. And I know that sounds weird, but so often we're striving for things that we're fighting against the ease of stepping into it. And so for you, figure out ways that you find joy. 
It might be walking in nature. Okay, well, maybe your moment of quiet and reflecting and seeking God isn't spending two hours in scripture reading it, although scripture should be a part of that journey. It's a part of the illuminating message, but it may be, okay, I'm doing a half hour of scripture. Now I'm going to go for a walk and just reflect on what I, I saw in the scripture. I'm going to look at God. I'm going to see God in his creation, and he's going to begin to speak to me. So find ways that are native to you and don't strive to do it in a specific pattern or way, but step into it in a way that's natural and native to what you would uh, resonate with because that's who God created you to be. Those are a powerful three, bro. Really <laughs> powerful. And I completely get the just be, right? And I'll go into it in a second. All right, so quick recap, Broken Catholic Nation, BC Nation, Michael's dropping some theology wisdom but it's actually more than theology wisdom this is not head smart this is heart smart because if you want to connect with god where does god promise that he resides is it in your head or is it in your heart yeah god lives in your heart so if you're constantly going through your life stuck in your head <laughs> guess who's not there yeah right you're in the wrong place it's like you like you got invited to your friend's wedding and you showed up at the wrong house and you're wondering, where's the party? Where's the party? And you're frustrating and causing your own suffering as to like, I know I, I, I said I was going to go to the wedding. I'm in my tuxedo. I'm in my gown. Where's the wedding, right? And it's next door yeah. in your heart. Right, so you got to get to your heart. Here's how Michael Woodward says it. And you can find Michael at jumblethink.com. That's his podcast jumblethink.com. Michael says, first, step one, be intentional about your holy habits. Be intentional about how you pray. Be intentional about the habits you're going to create that literally create intimacy. Mm -hmm. So for me, it looks like spending one hour a day in quiet with my creator every morning and starting my day that way. So not just tithing my money, but tithing my time right? And by doing that, God has done the rest. I didn't have to do anything else, else other than show up and block out an hour in my calendar. God takes care of the rest. So that's being intentional, Michael says. Number two, Michael says, get into relationship with others. Here's why. I believe, Michael, you ready for this truth bomb, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Faith is not a solo sport. Right. Faith is not a solo sport. The enemy wants you to believe you need to go it alone because it's private, it's personal. Yes, it's private and it's personal, but God designed it for you to be part of a collective body of Christ, the church, yeah. because we're human, we're fallen in our nature. And when we try to figure things out by ourselves, we end up alone by ourselves in isolation and we are an easy target for the enemy and that is his goal, is yeah. to keep you out of fellowship. So listen to Michael and get into fellowship with others and surround yourself with two or three people who are a few exits past you in their faith journey. That's my recommendation. Yep. Two or three exits past you in their faith journey. They're not better than you. They're just a few exits past you. Learn from them and get there. They can help you. Ask them for help. And finally, step three, Michael says, just be. Here's the thing, your mind, because you live in your head, is going to go, okay, I'll just be. Let me go figure out how to just be, <laughs> right? Because your mind wants you to think that you need it. And it's literally just your ego wanting to block you again from getting into intimacy and just being. Yeah. 
just being is a choice. There's nothing to figure out. Yeah. And it's the figuring out that's your problem. Yeah. That's what's holding you back, not only in your relationship with God, but in your relationship with others. You don't know how to just be with God, with people, with yourself. Michael's 100% right on this. So just be, you can literally create in your life right here in this moment by just declaring, I'm going to just be. And then say, Father, Heavenly Father, show me how to do that. I don't know how to just be. Yeah. You don't have to figure out anything. Yeah. You just got to submit and ask your father for help. Yeah. He'll do the rest. That's your key. Michael, what I leave out? Anything? Those are great. No, I think that you hit it right on the head. That's, uh, that's awesome. All right, Michael, before we get into my favorite part of the show, here's the big question for you. How do you continue to live your faith through obstacles and challenges that can make you feel defeated? Yeah, I'm dealing with that right now. I mean, just straight up. Uh, I'm pivoting my business. I'm moving from a web design and development agency more into sharing this message, what I call created purpose and finding intimacy with with the ideas and dreams God created you to live. And in that pivot, there is a lot of faith and a lot of it is financial. I think it's one of the hardest struggles that most of us Americans deal with is finances. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it's one of the most uh, covered topics in the Bible is finances, you know? And so uh, how do you step out in faith when you go, I don't know how I'm gonna pay rent next month, uh, but I know that this is where God's leading me. And so for a while now, I've been struggling with one foot in the past, where I've been, where God led me in an awesome journey, and one step in the future where he's leading me next. And that divided uh, attention, nothing can flourish and do well. And so uh, it's been a journey of faith because I'm like going, well, we have the, the podcast to share this and do step up some things that we want to do there. That's awesome. We have idea camps, which are things that we want to do that we feel like God's put on our heart, which is awesome. But all of those things require money to do well. All of those things don't necessarily generate money right away. How do we do that and sustain, you know, paying for the house and, uh, and paying our bills and all that kind of stuff. And that's been the journey of faith that I've been on and going, God, I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm not able to provide for my family. Sometimes I feel like um, that the, the vision that you've given me, it's, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get there. And so it is a massive journey of faith. It is at times a massive journey of failure and sometimes a journey of success. So it's been a very, very hard journey over the last year um, for me. Um, and so it's just coming back and going, but God, you know, it's, it's the, the, the story of lament in the Psalms. Like, God, why is all this stuff happening to me? Why is, why am I feeling, why is this falling apart? Why is that falling apart? But then coming back to this place where it's like, but I believe in the goodness of God and God, you've done all these things. You've been faithful. So why shouldn't I depend on you? That's where I'm at. That's what's going on. It's so interesting. First off, I acknowledge you for getting real about that and sharing your vulnerability as we spoke about, not easy yeah. for men to do. Right. Yeah. And here's where our mind is constantly lying to us. And again, your mind is not you, you're not your mind. Think of your mind as the vehicle you get to drive in, right? Yeah. Okay, your body's actually the vehicle, your mind is the navigation system, Yeah. okay? Except it's got broken code in it. Yeah. It's got a virus called our fallen nature, thanks Adam and Eve, right? <laughs> that's, that's what's going on in our mind, right? So 
this is what you're, you're dealing with and your mind wants you to think you only need it, right? You only need ego. So all these things, like you just said, Michael is, is like, God, like, look at this. Why is this happening? Lament, lament, lament. It's like, God, please come. I'm inviting you into my pity party. I'd like you to be my big guest. Right. And it's like, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's just ego starting to die. Yeah. Right. Your ego is starting to atrophy. Because you have given your life to God. And here's the thing. Here's what you're going to struggle with in this stage. First off, I acknowledge you for taking this step because you're stepping into not only intimacy with God, but God, I want your will, not mine. I want your purpose. I want your calling on my life. And Michael, I strongly believe this and I'm living it myself and I may be one exit past. Who knows, right? <laughs> but your purpose comes with a cross. Yeah. We want the purpose, but we don't want the cross. Yeah. Let's just be real about it, right? And right now you're going through the cross, the dying, the crucifixion, the losing of your ego, and God's got a resurrection on the other side called all the desires of your heart, Michael, I want to give to you. Yeah. But you got to pass through the dying of ego, through the crucifixion of ego. And that means you got to wait on my timing. Yeah. You got to wait. And the waiting, dude, brutal. It's brutal. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to yeah. suck. Yeah. And then it's going to suck some more. And then it's going to suck some more. And then it's going to suck a little less. And then it's going to suck a little less. And before you know, it's going to stop sucking. And it's going to start opening up. And it's awesome. And that's kind of where I am right now. And I just went through it a few months ago, right? So I just want to speak to that because you spoke to that. Mm -hmm. You were courageous about that. And I know my listener right now is going, man, that's me. Michael, I'm going through the exact same thing. I really connect with you on that. And I'm telling you, if you've chosen God in your life and you want intimacy with him, then no, you got to go through the suck. Yeah. <laughs> we all got to go through the suck. Yeah. And we, um, your mind wants you to believe there's something wrong with that. No, it's actually exactly what you need to do. That's what take up your cross and follow me looks like. Yeah. yeah. Follow me through the suck. Right? That's what Jesus <laughs> is saying to us. So, Michael, thanks for going there. Let's jump into uh, the confession round. Yeah. Welcome to this, dude. I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink. It's just for fun and it lets us into who you are a little more. Are you ready, sir? Sure. All right, Michael, what's your favorite sound? Uh, silence, actually. <laughs> dude, that used to be my worst sound. And now it's starting to be my favorite because it's, it's when I get quiet and I get to hear from my creator. So I get that. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, well, probably when one of my children get hurt, gets hurt. I hate that sound. You know, that's, that's no fun. So. I bet our heavenly father hates to hear when we get hurt too. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Uh, stepping out in faith and failing. Got that. That's real. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? 20s. Uh, well, I was, I was working at a church doing crazy things, really cool stuff. So there's not much that I regret from my 20s. It was a great time. What's one thing? I can't think of anything. I mean, it was just uh, maybe worrying about getting married. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, worrying about the future. Yeah. Has God got me or not? What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, that they don't like me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um, probably to trust. 
that he can be trustworthy. Mm, that's one of the most <laughs> difficult things as yeah. a human being. What do you wish you were better at? Uh, trusting God, uh, taking, taking the step when I know he's leading somewhere and that I can step into it with, with all faith. Yeah, I got that. What dream are you secretly scared of pursuing? Uh, I'm pursuing it right now, starting idea camps. Um, that scares me half to death. And it took me two and a half years to get to the point where I am today that we said, Hey, we're going to do this in 2019. Got it. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, slowing down. Mm, amen to that. Be still. Yeah. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, being critical of others. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because the very thing we do to others is the very thing we dislike in ourselves, right? What I dislike in others, what I'm criticizing in others is actually what I dislike in myself. Yeah. So just sit with that for a, a minute or maybe 10. <laughs> pick three words to describe who you are now. Three verses? Uh, no, pick three words to oh, describe word. who you are now. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, okay. So uh, that's a hard question. Worthy? Uh, I would say that. Um, uh, loving? Something I'm trying to get better at, but I think it's something that I'm doing better and better at. And uh, faith-filled. Got it. Awesome. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. Um, Worry-filled. Um, doubtful. And um, it's not one word, but I don't know how to make it one word. But... Uh, um, maybe insecure is a good word. It's that, that whole concept of like feeling I don't measure up. Mm. Yeah, I get that. And last question, Michael, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife and your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Love well. Love well. That's it, BC Nation. Love well. Michael, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? There's a perception that faith should be easy, that once you accept Christ, that it should be a journey where it's roses and sunshine and beaches and everything's perfect, nothing ever goes wrong. You mean it's not? Well, it's not biblical, it's not realistic, and it's not how it's played out for me. I don't know if it plays out for anyone else like that, but it, my guess is, is if you're watching this or listening to this, that uh, you're like me, and uh, faith has actually made life more complex at times than what you would think it would do. Amen to that. So BC Nation, faith is not a solo sport. That's why you need to listen to this show. You don't need to listen. You want to listen to this show every single week. Come back in and sit down and have conversation with my guest and I about what God is doing in our life and what God wants to do in your life. Because faith is not a solo sport. Don't believe the lie. Michael, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you? Just email me. Mike at jumblethink.com. It comes right to me. No filter, no assistant, no one checking that except for me. So if you email me, I'm going to get it. I'm going to respond to it and we can start the dialogue. 
Look at that. Direct access to Michael Woodward only happens here on Broken Catholic. Very cool. Very cool. Go find uh, his podcast. Listen to his podcast. I was a guest on that. Honored to be. Jumblethink.com. That's jumblethink.com. Michael, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you God's peace, God's love, and God's transformation in your life, my friend. Thanks so much. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.